The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. I am here. I am Valerie Kirkgaard, and you are listening to Waking Up in America. We are dynamic radio, and you will see that so soon. We've been around since 1987, so it's actually our 23rd year here. I kind of look at my watch, and I'm amazed to see how things have gone by. If you want to ask a question while we're on the air or you want to email me, you can do that by emailing Val, V-A-L, at wakingupinamerica.com. Once again, V-A-L, at wakingupinamerica.com. And to get things started off, let's remember what our forefathers gave us. It was a real special thing. They gave us a country, and they gave us a pledge. So if you put your hand over your heart, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic, underlined republic, not democracy, but republic, for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. There you go. Can't get any better than that, but it sure can slip from there, let me tell you. And if we don't take charge and start paying attention, this thing that's so precious is going to slip between our fingers. I'm Dr. Val Kirkgaard, and in 1984, I was moved to carry the Olympic torch, and <laughs> moved through quite a lot, to tell you the truth. It was... Um, it was a magical thing to do, and I was pleased to have done it, and I carried the Olympic torch from um, True Value Hardware to Bear State Air Conditioning in Santa Fe Springs, and that was my little segment of that amazing 2,000-year-old historic journey. I want to remind you of when you're down in the Caribbean and you go to Harrison's Caves, <laughs> and you're looking up at the stalactites, and the stalactites, and they tell you that the stalactites grow about an inch every 125 years. And as I was looking at the ceiling and all the stalactites, I realized that I was, you know, probably maybe three-quarters of an inch on a stalactite. Maybe. Maybe. And it all begins to go into perspective. And along with that comes the perspective that they were all united. When you start to think about the United States of America and the spirit that brought this country together, oh, my God. It was like taxation without representation is tyranny. One if by land and two if by sea. Things of that thing came out of that period of time. And it's important, and it's time for change again. Those kinds of sounds and noises start to emit when the ship is creaking and the ship of state needs to be realigned and restructured. And that's what's happening in our country right now, and it sometimes it can get really nerve-wracking and scary. And other times it's just like, Riding on the prow with the wind in your face, you know, because we're going into lands we don't know where we're going to. Oh, my God. We know what we want to do. We know the kind of future that we want to live into. We know the quality of life and relationships. And as far as I'm concerned, moms and dads being separated from their parents and putting in 60 hours a week and then coming home to be afraid that they're losing their homes is not a thing I'm interested in supporting, and nor does I, do I think it has to be. I don't think we have to 
create uh, all the solutions because the answer is so there. It's the elephant in the living room. Everybody that has a Social Security card is worth over $300 million, and there's going to be people out there that are going to teach you how to get it. And hopefully uh, we're going to have one of those people with us very soon. Tim Turner uh, was delayed before the show, and uh, Debbie's out doing her thing, so hopefully we'll have Tim with us shortly. And in the meantime, I'm asking you to join me, and I'm asking you to light your torch and to light your flame and become a bearer. It's the, the, the code is really easy. All you have to think of as you go through each day is swifter, higher, stronger. Swifter, higher, stronger. Swifter, higher, stronger. Swifter, higher, stronger. And you know what? The higher you hold the torch, this is, this is, this is a tip from a, coach, from a uh, torch bearer, by the way. The higher you hold the torch, the lighter it gets. I didn't know that. I didn't know it until I did it. And I was you had to carry the torch three-quarters of a mile. And as I held that torch up, I noticed that as I reached higher and higher, I was being lifted by the light of the torch. And I guarantee you that we all have the possibility to do that. And our guests that have been on this show, they reflect those kinds of values from Congressman Dennis Kucinich to Senator Ellen Cranston to John Denver and Willie Nelson to nutritionist J.J. Virgin to Mary Louise and Ron Zeller, bless their souls, Larry Hagman, and we're going to have Larry on talking about um, his mom. We're going to be doing a show on Mary Martin, Peter Pan, very shortly. And Many of you may or may not know that Mary Martin is Larry Hagman's mummy. <laughs> There's a lot of good stories that go with that. Bob Costa of the Home Shopping Network says we're doing radio, which will change the world. So let your friends know about us. Visit our site and sign up for our newsletter. And if you hear a telephone ringing, a dog barking, an angel singing, we have those all the time. Know that we call in from our homes and offices all over the world to cause this program. So, um, Deb, are you there? Debbie, uh, Debbie, yes. Debbie? She is. Is Timmy, Timmy, Timmy there? Not yet. I've Not yet. Uh, tried a few numbers and left some messages. So we're going to try to see hey, if we find you, him on the road. He's going to be so shy about it. So don't give him a bad time, you guys. <laughs> well, when he's here, he's he's pure gold and he's pure treasure. So... Um, did, how much did you hear of my inspired self, Ms. Ringchop? Dr. Ringchop, excuse me. <laughs> uh, I heard a number of items mixed in there while I was concentrating on finding him. Um, definitely, we got to get rid of this foreclosure stuff. This is crazy. And yeah, especially when they're all rich, for God's sakes. Credit, I mean, the problems, we're all creditors. We're not debtors. That's the whole deal. I don't know what that, nobody knows what you just said, okay? We just aren't. We aren't a debtor nation. This nation is so rich. It's one. Of, it's so rich. Every person on this in this nation has all this money that they don't know about. It's crazy. Well, so and you now know, see, she's being subtle. I'm going to tell you something. You're worth three hundred million dollars minimum. Okay, I'm just saying that because that's a figure you might be able to hear. You're actually worth more, Debbie. Tell them why they're worth more, and I'll help tell them too. Well, everybody, and I hope you guys have heard some of the calls that we've had with Tim before, and he is has explained to us back the whole bankruptcy of our country. Part of the remedy was to go back and take uh, our land and give us a remedy, and in doing so, they created these funds that are basically in our treasury, in the United States Treasury, and every person has a fund in their name. Yeah, and not only that, 
that fund is actually backed up by gold because not only did they take the land like Debbie was talking about, they also took the gold, okay? Oh, they so, yeah, huh? every little piece of anything that they could get. HR-192 is where they took the gold. Do you know the one that they took the land on by any chance? No. We don't either, but it's real and it's there. So basically, they were guilty of treason. Well, when they did all of this, they created the credit accounts for us. So it's that's where all of our money is. And in doing so, we when we go out and actually sign something that's saying that we're applying for credit, all they're doing is they're tapping our own accounts and they're paying those people off immediately. And in the meantime, we think we've created ourselves a debt. That's what we've been trained to think. (laughs) Therefore, here they go and call us on it if we aren't keeping up with the terms that they created. And in the meantime, we are out there having people lose their homes uh, lose jobs, all kinds of different things. When they're worth millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, they lose their homes and they shoot themselves in the head and they kill their families sometimes. Oh, it's terrible. It's, there's so many people and so much stress around this country that they can't even work fu- function at work and um, businesses can't run without credit and all these other things. It, it's not constitutional. It is not American. It is not... It's nothing that we should be running under. We, we should be free like we really are in our hearts, and we know we should be. And it is available. We just have to try to get it back. And yeah. I want you to know, I really want you to know something. So I'm gonna, I'm, I don't think confess is the right word, Debbie. I've been through financial hell, and Debbie will testify to that. So I've lost properties. I've had my home in foreclosure. I've sued my bank. I'm in my home and it's 27 months later and I'm learning something. And Debbie and I did a lot of work with Tim Turner and we will continue to do so. And Debbie is a star at filling out. um, She's meticulous with details. She's a blessing to have. (laughs) I always send my radio scripts to Debbie first and she sends back the corrections. She has the eyes of a hawk and it's always very good to have a hawk around. So what we've been doing is we've been feeling our way through this process and um, astounding things are beginning to happen. I mean, most recently, there's a woman, Deb, I don't know if I ever mentioned to you or not. She isn't using the Uniform Commercial Code. She actually is a notary. And through the fact that the banks actually, and this is inside of the legal system she's done this, because the banks, as I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but they bifurcated the note and the trust Do you understand what I'm talking about? They separated the note and trust when they sold them. The note was issued through a particular trust. When they sell it, they sell it to another trust without your permission, so the whole loan should fall apart anyway. So she's had like 10 or 12 houses she's taken care of. You and I know about bond and promissory notes, and we also know about accepted for value. So there's a number of ways at which all this stuff is being handled. What would... I was yeah. going to say, what impresses you the most? Oh, well, the most, it's hard to say. There's so many things that have been impressing me. Um, I really know that this accepted for value is a valid process. I know lots of people that have had various things uh, cleared, but I also realize that there's a lot of corporations out there that when they even receive the credit transactions, they don't post it to our accounts. It's called theft, again. How do you prove that, Deb? 
How do we prove it? We really yeah, how do you prove that they receive something from the Treasury? Because I thought that whole thing was handled by a Fedwire. Fed, fed so how would we know whether the Fedwire had actually been sent or not? Is there a way of finding that out? Not that I've heard of, um, but from what I understand, when they that all of them go through, it's just whether or not the receiving party posts it is huh. It's just like our bonded promissory notes. I'd say 99.9999% of the time that anyone that receives one and does not return it, but most of them will never return it to you because they understand enough about putting it through the system and taking advantage of security. So you mean they're actually stealing it then for the most part? Yeah. Uh, they don't... I, should I use that word or is that too accusatory? Could I get in trouble for saying that? No, it's a speculation, so I can't. Well, we are speculating in that in the sense that we don't have access now to the way to prove it. Uh, Fidelity.com used to have a way that we could actually go out and track our bonded promissory notes, and they shut that window down because they didn't want us to have proof. When what did they do, do that? What we have, though, is uh, a new remedy that we can put the bonded promissory note into the public by filing a UCC uh which shows you mean the, the negative on a promissory note being issued to whatever company we're sending it to, and then we assign it formally to that company, and we let the auditors know that they do have the million dollars or whatever it might have been. Really? And they yeah. have to account for the uh, that dollar amount. They're they're now having to do the debit credit on their book. Before, they were taking it and just applying it wherever they wanted to, which we think were maybe retirement accounts. We're not sure exactly where they used it, but they would they would take advantage of receiving free money, so to speak. It's not money, but it's credit. Credit should debit, and credit yeah. in itself is, is how the commerce works. Our whole commerce system is debits and credits. Oh, yeah, that's another thing I would have to say, Debbie. The thing people say to me most is there isn't enough money to do all of this. And what you just said, that we're all a system of debits and credits, explains it. Because they're making it up all the time and because they're debiting and crediting all the time, there's no limit to it. That's right. There isn't a limit. I mean, we create – we know the Federal Reserve prints off the Federal Reserve notes. And Federal Reserve notes is just another form of credit. Uh, the only real, real money that is out there is the gold and silver, <laughs> the, the physical hard cash, and that's the only thing that's really there. Uh, when we think cash, we've been trained to think that a Federal Reserve note is, cash. is a promise, and that's all it is. It's just like our bonded promissory notes. They are promises for certain kinds of transactions. Yeah, they used to be backed by cash, by the way. You know, a silver certificate, as you recall, used to get you a, um, a silver a silver dollar if you turn it in. And gold certificates used to exist as well. Now we have paper that's worth absolutely nothing. And to get even more intrigued, Deb, have you ever been to any of the mints? Not yet. I would yeah. love to do that. <laughs> well, I'll go to one of them with you. I went to the Denver Mint in 1984, 85, something like that, and I saw a whole. B- First of all, I was astounded at how elegant it was. It had Tiffany lamps hanging in the halls, and it was marble floors and marble walls and all of that. And I remember in those days, I used to believe that the United States government owned the U.S. Mint, and I thought it was really nice, actually, that we had such a lovely building for making money in. Well, it turns out it's privately owned. 
that was the big shocker that I didn't find out till later. But the interesting part of the U.S. Mint, and this is like 84, 85, Deb, they were cranking out over $3 million worth of quarters a day. And it was real hot in there because it's hot making money. And That's funny. <laughs> funny, huh? <laughs> it is. It was funny. So um, here it is, over $3.5 million a day in quarters. That's a lot of quarters. And I, I took a tour of the place with a docent, and I loved hearing her talk. She said, first of all, it was almost pure profit for them on certain days because they said that the that people in the U.S. have a tendency to collect their coins and toss them in jars and stuff like that. <clears throat> kind of as their rainy day fund. And that's why they also made up all the coins from all the different states. Oh, all, so all those the col- collections, yes. Collections. Yeah, so the collectors would pull the coins out of circulation. So I- I'm telling you this because it makes the story even more outrageous. <clears throat> so I said, well, what do you do with your coins? Who buys them? And they go, oh, the Federal Reserve. Now, thinking, as I said, that the government owned it, it would seem to me like I asked how much the coins cost to make. And they said labor and materials included about a penny and a half. Okay. So I asked how much they sold them to the Federal Reserve for. Take a guess, Deb. I'm not even sure where to go with that one. 25 cents. Oh, face value. Okay. Face value. What do we think happened to the other 23 and a half cents? There's a little profit margin going there. Isn't yeah, it? now, it would seem to me that if the government of the United States of America was actually cranking out the money and making that kind of profit, then we might actually have zero debt just on that plane anyway. Nope. Just as a speculation. Because what, what have we got? We've got three or four of these mints, haven't we? Let's see. I know there's Denver, San Francisco. Where's the other two? There's, at least there's one or two more, I know. I just I remember those just because they yeah. get more often. You know, I think we should go to the San Francisco Mint. You know how much you and I love the city. That's true. That's true. This is but good. And way, I can um, use it as a business trip. What do you think about Dave coming on and joining us today? That'd be fabulous. Great, because I brought him on the air. Did you? He's a bold woman. I did. And uh, Dave, are you out there? Yes, I am. Hello. So Dave, introduce yourself to our listening audience. Well, my name's Dave Mack, and I'm from Dallas, Texas. And uh, I've been involved with Tim's process for, oh, going on the better part of a year, and uh, familiar with what he does, and I've work some with Debbie and some issues she's dealing with and situations and uh, learning just like everybody else. Now, Dave, have you done any of the accepted for value? Yes, I have. And have you had any success with it? uh, I have not had any personal success yet, but uh, you want to know that the longest I've had anything out is just about 30 days at this (laughs) point in time. And... uh, it, as we know, not everything goes through the first time, and the information that that I have from people that have been quite successful with this indicates that, it, uh, in many cases, it takes multiple submissions. It's kind of like you're being tested, and uh, it's a matter of, okay, do you really know what you're doing, or is this just something you found on the Internet you thought you'd try, and yeah, yeah, when yeah, it doesn't yeah. work once, you give it up. Did you get one of the frivolous for filing letters? I no, love I haven't letters. gotten that. I can't yeah, wait for I, you to I've get one. To, <laughs> I've talked to several people that have gotten them, and uh, the, the standard response is you uh, do accept it for value on that and send it back to them. Yeah, but if you, you notice, if you actually back. read the letter, Dave, the letter, first of all, we're sending bills in, right? 
Uh-huh. The letter is actually for for avoiding income tax. It doesn't even have anything to do with what we're doing. I speculate it's the nastiest letter on file, which is why they think uh, they send it. But it has nothing yeah. to do with the process that we're doing at all, so I find that highly amusing. Plus, people will mail stuff on the same day, and one of them will get a frivolous for filing letter, and the other one will get um, their account paid off. And Debbie brought up something brilliant. And so any of you that get a frivolous for filing letter, hang on to the envelope. She had me going through the trash. Because the envelope, Deb, it has the penalties on it or something, right? Yeah, it actually shows two penalties on the envelope. Talking about um, penalties for private use, I think it was. Um, But anyway, it says $300 if you do this, $300 if you do that. Those are you can accept for value. So how do we actually collect from them? Have you found that out yet? Because they've actually committed mail fraud, right? Um, in that sense, I'm not sure if those ones... The, typically what I understand mail fraud is the red um, stamp that's a metered metered stamp is not actually paid for to back to the, um, the UPU, Universal Postal Union, which is out of Switzerland, which runs... The whole postal system around the world. That's another show, okay? But you guys, we're actually going to be taking a break, and we'll be back with um, Dave Mack and Debbie Ringtop, and we're going to be going to Diamond Alignment right now. We're talking about the future of America. We're talking about maritime law and uniform commercial code. So come right back, and Debbie's going to tell you the secrets of the U.S. post office that aren't in the U.S. So, Mike, take it away. live in a world that is more alive with possibility than ever before in history. Yet it is easy to get lost in the confusion and chaos of such an accelerated world. How do we stay connected and aligned with the unlimited potential that lies within us and soar in these exciting yet challenging times? Diamond Alignment, a sacred technology for the 21st century, offers high-speed connection and alignment with this divine power within, both convenient and profound. The six-minute multi-sensory diamond experience, delivered via the internet, clears your mind, relaxes your body, and creates inner peace no matter what is going on around you. The Diamond Alignment Experience effortlessly keeps you charged with joy and equanimity and greater focus and clarity throughout your day. When you experience the expansive energy of Diamond Alignment, you activate the unlimited wealth and potential Mel Kirkgaard, tip number 45. If you go over to the website at wakingupinamerica.com and you start to scroll down the page, you'll see this week's guest. You'll see last week's guest, uh, wonderful people, Paul Fitzgerald and Liz Gould. You'll see that Tim Turner may be here, or right now we've got Dave Mack. We've got Dr. Ringchop. And what we're talking about is the reuniting of the, of the United in the United States of America. And we want to be able to have you leave this program with the understanding 
that you're a millionaire. And one of the ways that we're millionaires, besides just we are multimillionaires financially, is by the people that come in and help us and support us. So I want to acknowledge the good guys here. Excuse me, I want to acknowledge Stardust at 828-665-0411. And this man, he has a mailing list of 100,000 really, really, really totally excellent people. And you can actually see his advertisement at the bottom of the page. If you click on it, you'll see some interesting things on the way down. You'll see running the numbers, American self-portrait, and it has to do with recycling. You'll see about how to feed animals for a really incredible price, and you'll find out instructions to go out and talk about um, cancer for women. You'll also see have a chance to select marine wetlands, American prairie, or the rainforest for areas that you'd like to save. It costs you nothing. At the bottom of the page, you're going to see... You're going to see the whole person calendar. You're going to see visiting Mexico with Steve and Diana in just 45 minutes north of Puerto Vallarta. This charming bungalow that you see here, it's actually about a block and a half, maybe two short blocks from the beach. Sunsets are staggeringly beautiful. It's a um, butterfly preserve in August. That's my favorite month for going down there. And uh, the times are just wonderful. 971-239-4120, which is a United States call for everybody here. That's 971-239-4120. Uh, Startups, as I said, 100,000 lists. You can click on it. If you talk to Ra and you say that I sent you, he'll actually give you a discount. We have the whole person calendar there. You can click it and see that. It gives a list of events in, in California. Uh, my favorite of all of them because it affects me on so many levels and in so many ways and so many people is the diamond alignment that you just heard. Because if you click on that on our website, you'll actually notice that the tone plays. That was a gift that Jacqueline Joy, the creator of this, actually gave us. So while you're working in your office, you can play that tone and you'll notice your shoulders start to to loosen and you'll start to relax. Below that, you'll see Dennis Weaver his Institute of Economics has just moved to Loveland, Colorado, and uh, I'm there to support him. And uh, we've got legendary entertainer Willie Nelson let us play his song, Whatever Happened to Peace. So it's, it's nice. You want to check out Coning, a 5,000-year-old process for your sinuses? Uh, hop right over there. Check out Directed Breath, a process that I developed in 1984 as it clears the emotional field of the body. Fabulous. Um, I am a born-again American, I I have to tell you, and there's a song that's actually right underneath that. I love this song, and it's played by people, and it's made up by people all over the United States about what it is to be an American. Um, I am, I can. That's pretty much what it is to be American. So here we are with um, Dr. Ring Chop, Dr. Debbie, and Dave Mack from, it's Houston, right, Dave? No, I'm from Dallas. Dallas, oh my God, Big D. Big D, Larry Hagman territory. It sure is. You know he's a friend of ours, right? Yes, I do. I <laughs> heard him uh, on the program with Tim uh, a couple months ago. Oh, that's great. Well, he's going to be back on with some, we're doing a, um, a tribute to his mom, Mary Martin. Oh, I That's one program I never missed years ago. I loved Dallas. Oh, and nice. I lived in the Midwest at the time, and I guess I migrated here because I liked it so well. <laughs> so you had a huge impact on you. So what have you two come up with while we're on the break? Um, we're on the road here of Americans realizing that they're wealthy. I mean, everyone, kids, everything. 
I love the dog. Yes, we. Thing. Yes, we are. We are. People don't realize what's out there, and uh, really, one of the reasons why they don't realize it is because we've been indoctrinated. We haven't been educated in this country for about forty years. Um, if you look who controls don't you think it's the schools, longer than that? don't you think it's well? I'm, I'm being generous. I'm being generous I when say I say forty 50, years, sixty, seventy yeah. years, maybe. Yeah. Uh, technically, about 77 years, ever since 1933. But uh, the the biggest thing is who controls the schools, controls what people are going to be taught. And if they want you to learn something, they will put it in the curriculum. And if they don't want you to learn something, they will conveniently leave it out. And unfortunately, uh, some very important history of this country, things that happened back uh, in the early part of the uh, 1900s, have been conveniently left out so people don't know that there was a bankruptcy in the United States, that all the property and the gold was taken from the people uh, without their consent, and that there was supposed to be a remedy, but they never told us how to get the remedy. And people are finally starting to figure that out. When do you think, Dave, the first inclinations of getting in contact with what the remedy might be? I heard about it 20 years ago, but I don't know where it was before that. I'll be honest with you, I really don't know. There have been people working on this for a long time. I'm very, very new, uh, and it was thanks to a friend of mine that started telling me some things. And and I have to say, when I first heard some of the things he was telling me, I thought he was about half off his rocker because it sounded really odd and very strange. And uh, luckily, he spoon-fed me information and I feel that's very important the way I started to learn and open my mind. If if you try and throw too much at somebody at one time, it's just overwhelming because things are really so completely different than we have believed that they are. Well, you know, it's it's really overwhelming to get thrown at. That you mention that because back in the 1960s, and I'm thinking at 65, 66, 67, somewhere around there, I've got this. I went through this document a couple of months ago, but... What it is, it's a document from a judge, okay? Guy sued the bank saying that the bank owned money that they, that they made it up. And he won. Credit River decision. Is that it, the Credit River decision? Credit River Township, Minnesota. Do you have the, do you have the numbers on it? Uh, I don't have the information in front of me. In yeah. fact, uh, interestingly enough, I just recently contacted the... Uh, Credit River Township to see about getting copies of those original documents. Yeah, and they yeah, told yeah. Them you find they out? Are no, they are no longer available there, but they uh, are. There was somebody that filed them into uh, a court somewhere else. I don't have that information in front of me at the moment. Um, That'd be a fun one it, to have. It is available. See, people don't know that it's. First of all, it's such a mind-boggling concept that we're offering. That I don't blame. I mean, it took me. Well, first of all, the paperwork to do what we're doing didn't exist 20 years ago, and what was happening Correct. was a lot of people were getting sued and put in jail and all kinds of stuff. And I said, no, thank you. In fact, I was offered to be the head of the radio station that did this like 15 years ago, and it was just too dangerous at the time. I wasn't willing to do my time from in from subverting the U.S. government type of thing. But no longer is it a sub- subversion. I think what people have to know is that that. When we do this, we actually lower the national debt. We've actually got friends inside of government that want to see this happen, and I think that's important to remember. The whole tenure of what we're doing has become much more appealing as far as I'm concerned. What do you think, Deb? 
Well, actually, um, why don't you ask me that question again? Well, the times are changing. Yeah. It's like the IRS actually does help us out. I do, I'm working with the IRS right now on an issue about a nonprofit that I have, and they're being incredibly helpful to me. Well, they, there's a lot of individuals in the system, the corporation, that are helpful. I mean, they, they don't... They aren't yeah, everybody isn't out. a bum, okay? Well, and it's important to know that everybody isn't a bum. No, there's only a, there's only a handful. I mean, we always know that this is true. And there's a handful there's of bums anywhere, Debbie. apples and everything, and unfortunately there's bad apples in, in the way things are running, but there's a lot of good apples out there. Yeah, and you've got to get your sniffer going and just sniff for the good apples because they're there, I guarantee you. Absolutely. And so the process is working. In fact, Debbie, you forwarded me a thing from AT&T saying that they had received payment for a bill from a treasury fund. Do you remember that? We've seen something about that, yes. Yeah, we actually have seen the documentation from AT&T, okay? Well, let's say that some people don't want us to have that information out in the public. No. Either. (laughs) So so I made a commitment when I took Tim's class. I think by the second class, I said, look, I want in on this action. I want to help. I want to be here as part of the team that helps create the United States of America as United Again. Because as we've had all of this burden shoveled on us and all these lies fed to us, I mean, when I grew up, even the the corruption wasn't as bad, Debbie. I don't know about you, but 10% was considered usury. So all of our loans were under 10%. And even though it was a lie, it was a much more easily doable lie. Now yeah, I can't I've, believe that we see 30% on Try 40, okay? I haven't seen that. I've seen I have. It's the highest that I've heard of. 39 and a half I had on one of my things before I told them to go jump in the lake. It's crazy. Well, they didn't want us to win. If they wanted us to win, they would have helped. I mean, what is it? Nordstrom's used to be my favorite of all company, bless their hearts. They're still good in many ways, by the way. But they said that I had been late the year before, so they were upping my interest rate from like 14 to 23 or 26% or something. And I said, if you do that, I won't be able to make my bill. And they did it, and I couldn't make my bill. Yeah, so it doesn't make sense. Real simple math. We just and then how much do they get? Yeah. Well, they got nothing now. There you go. But see, they didn't. They were trying for something because all of them. I has elevated Nordstrom's, Dave. And by the way, they deserve elevation. They were very kind when Christmas. I mean, now knowing what I know now, it doesn't feel quite as good as it did then. But they like suspended my interest for like two months so I could buy Christmas presents. That was Nordstrom's. But Nordstrom's. Of course, there was an ulterior motive. Yeah, but their ulterior motive came across nicer than the other ones because the other ones didn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, the other ones said, ah, you get $39 late charge and you get this and you get that and you get the, the other thing, and it's like, we'll forgive you one. That was it. Goodness, aren't they generous? Uh-huh. Yeah, and can you <laughs> believe those charges, too? I mean, that went from, I think they used to be like $5, maybe 10 and now it's, it's sitting close at $40 per transaction. Right, especially it's fun on a $22 bill, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. And even whether it's credit cards or banks or whatever, they throw so many new charges, and they get to choose, pick and choose which things they're going to clear first. You know what I decided to do? I decided to be a multimillionaire and pay them off. Or to send them one of those letters, you know, one of those two-pagers? I found one that's two pages now, Deb. Where they ask them where the money came from and to prove that they have a wet signature and all that kind of stuff. 
and that you're happy to pay the bill once they show you that stuff, that pretty much makes them go away. What I'm looking at now is how do we get clear title again and how do we get our credit cleared up now that we've, we're on top of things. And there's a lot of work being done just in those areas, too. What are you finding out, Dave? Well, there, uh, there's a lot of different people that are looking at things. A lot of it is just based in the enforcement of whatever process you use if you challenge a mortgage company. And uh, there's there's been quite a number of different processes used by different people over the last few years with the, uh, the, the foreclosures coming. Well, some of them worked and some of them didn't, but it, it, it seems that the ones that didn't work too well were the ones that didn't have any type of enforcement mechanism built into them saying, oh, okay, it. you need to validate this or this is going to happen to you. And that's what Tim did. That's exactly what and Tim good old brought Tim Turner, with his process. You're, you're going to feel so embarrassed when you realize that you missed this today, okay? But your ears are burning, and they're burning with our love for what you've done for us. So that I hope your whole body feels the appreciation of the generosity and the amount of time that you've put into um, doing what you've done. And I know that you regularly work 18, 20-hour days, and I don't know how you do it, and I'm just so grateful to you. You have no idea. It's the difference between people putting a gun to themselves or a Twinkie to themselves or a celebration, and you're giving us the possibility of celebration. And I really was looking forward, Dave, to talking about the New Republic and finding out what the newest things are with that. And Debbie, I was wondering if you heard anything recently. Well, I, I there was a call that went out on Sunday talking a little bit about the New Republic and just what the plans are. Um, someone has kind of written up a little short summary that just says that we're we're we've got a lot of support by um, high levels in the government. Uh, military, all kinds of different places that really want to have things worked out. So the whole intent is to try to get us back to the de jure uh, in-law government and have those people that have been acting in fraud, so to speak, uh, have them be willing, if they're willing to repent and say that they really are willing to go back to being uh, working in a, a lawful manner, then they can be part of the new government. Well, you know, Armin Walker is a dear friend of mine, and he's a banker, so I had him on with him. Well, you heard that one. Yeah. So Ar- Armin said something that I thought was really totally appropriate. He said, Val, he said, bankers do have the best system for moving money. So it's okay. He's like, you say, well, you can't get rid of us entirely because we have the best system for moving money. Yeah, and I have to tell you, Armin didn't know most of the stuff that that we've been talking about that's going on. He was just, this was a guy that just wanted to help people. And now he finds out he can really help people. He started looking into the actual law, and he said, wow, it's really there. Just like you guys have been saying, you know, looking at all the titles and codes and things, it's really out there. It's just not understanding all the layers that have been plastered on top of and trying to hide it. That's that's been the problem. The education has been, you know, push down the the real history and then try to cover it up with our own flavor of government that they, we want to create. And instead of living the the real life, we've been living this false life. And um, all the funds are going to the families, the places, 
not our families, but <laughs> those that are in... No, that would be decent. That would be nice if it came back to the real people, but uh, it's not... The majority of the people aren't aren't in control right now, that we are coming back and saying... Well, the interesting thing yeah. is that the majority of the people exist, and the majority of the people that lack majority are actually in control. By that, I mean... This whole stink is being caused by less than 15% of the people. That means 85% of the people are people that want to cooperate, want to get things done, are willing to have it be fair and just. And we're talking, you know, what they actually truthfully say is somewhere between 13 and 14, but I add one just to make it Yeah, I think more. we're getting to the tipping point. Yeah, I totally. And I feel like it had to do with the millennium, don't you? Well, actually, that was a... Uh timing, too, with the millennium hit with the bankruptcy, the next phase of the bankruptcy, because when you you do a bankruptcy, it's a 70-year, and right around the 2000 is when the the next 70 years hit. So everything like being called again, and they had to like figure out how they were going to revise the system one more Well, time. they've been doing it from the beginning. I mean, we started out, the United States of America was a bankruptcy in the beginning, so please do not think this is something new. It's just new to your ears. It's been going around. This is how we've been doing it. This has been our process. So while you were talking, Deb, I flipped over to see if we had any emails in, and what one just arrived from Neil Donald Walsh. You know who he is? Yeah, I recognize the name. Yeah, Conversations with God, right? <laughs> So you're talking, and I hear a blink on the computer, and I go, on this day of your life, Valerie, I believe God wants you to know the challenges are what you came for, and you are never, ever given a challenge you cannot overcome. The purpose of life is to give you a chance to be the grandest vision of the greatest vision you ever held about who you are. When challenges arrive, then more move straight to clarity and say, this is what I came for. This is what I came for. So you came for this challenge, okay? Now rise to this occasion and know that you have every resource with which to create the right and perfect outcome. Love, your friend, Neil. Don't you think that's rather amazing? Couldn't have been better timing. I know, I like it tremendously. So thank you, God. Thank you, Neil Donald Walsh. By the way, Neil has been on the um, one of the board members at the Institute for Economics. And one of the things I wanted to let you know, Dave, is I'm thinking in terms of how we can take care of the charities, and I consider that really the reunification of uniting America. And I, I I think what I will do is I will write every charity that I get a chance that I think is doing good work a $10 million promissory note to put it in perpetuity. And I figure that we should be able to get them 10% interest a year, couldn't we, Deb? Well, actually, the promissory notes are meant to discharge some form of debt for them, public debt. So you'd have to find out what kind of debts they have and help them with Yeah, that. exactly. You know, you're totally right. But I figured by paying their debt that we would get an agreement from them that it had to go into the perpetuity fund. That's a great idea. Now, with $10 million in the perpetuity fund, don't you guys think we could get it, make, that there's ways that they could get at least 10% a year on that money? Actually, I would think it should be more substantial than that. I'm just saying, just if we started out by getting a bunch of people, first of all, I want to get the thing happening. And they have a million dollars a year if if we're getting them 10%. And by the way, I think it's possible to get them 20 or 25. 
And by the way, the reason he said that is because he knows he's a billionaire, okay? But I'm just trying to keep it small so we can all grasp it. Dave, when I first started, I couldn't think what a million was. So I finally understood that it was ten $100,000 houses and that I could conceptualize. <laughs> and now we're talking about millions and billions and trillions, you know? It, exactly. And, and it's amazing to me how the government tosses the T word around the trillions, uh, the, the new budget just coming up, uh, what, three, three point something trillion dollars, something like that. It's just amazing that those dollar figures have gotten to those points and they throw them around like they're nothing, but that's the people's money. That's the part that startles me. Well, is it why the we need money? to have this revelation? Couldn't we just okay? But here's what I heard about how that could be changed in the breath of, in the wink of an eye. Okay, the dinar is worth point zero 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 eight five of a cent. It used to be worth three dollars when Papa Bush invaded Iraq for the first time. Okay, so I don't mm-hmm. know what that percentage is between three dollars and point zero 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 eight five of a cent. But what they were talking about, and they have the capacity to do it, and I was listening to it on the radio again, was they have the capacity to reevaluate the currencies of the world, and they said on the radio that they were getting ready to do that. So if they were to reevaluate that dollar again, we would have more money. I mean, it's all a game. I mean, can you see they go in and they structure the game for a loss, and then they structure it for a win, because the dinar is the most undervalued currency in the entire world at this moment. So I've heard you goes, talk about that on, on the previous uh, shows yeah, they, they and uh, the, the, the huge run-up that you can have by investing. Uh, you can put, what, $1,000 yeah. uh, of what we have right now in, in dinars and uh, yeah. uh, come out very, very well in a relatively short period of time. Yeah. Now, mind you, I've been watching it in a state at point zero zero eight five for quite a while now, like two or three months. I don't care. I know it's going to change because I know that greed is one of the underlying qualities here. And I know that it's just too good a deal to miss. Well, you know, beyond the, the dinar, we know silver is going to be going up dramatically. And Tell Dave and I are talking about doing futures on buying where you buy it a, a small percentage of the value for something that's out a couple of years. And in doing something like that, you can be buying it at, at a minuscule price. Uh, I really believe both silver, I mean, is going to be part of silver and gold is going to be part of our new economy we know well, gold right now is over eleven hundred dollars an ounce okay and silver is running right around 17 but i think the most important thing and i think which is really a flame for me personally deb was when i found out that silver was going to be used in semiconductors and that the market for semiconductors was just growing exponentially so there's a real solid basis for silver taking off i think gold a lot of times reflects confidence and lack of confidence don't, wouldn't you agree? Well, I really believe worldwide we're looking at become having a gold standard again. Yeah, I, so, I think so know, too. But I'm saying it's to create confidence. It, it has back all the currencies of the world, and yeah. things going to be reevaluated based on the new standards. Absolutely, that's, that's the only way that this uh, a whole worldwide economy can recover is to get something as a standard that says all all currencies will have some form of backing. Uh, that's why all the banks, the central banks, are buying up gold and silver as fast as they can. Everybody's restocking the, the till, trying to get the money uh, to back everything that's going to be out there in fiat currencies. 
And that's why that's here stop, our, stop, stop, we stop. need more people to Not be, everybody knows what a Fiat is, besides a car, a cute little oh, Italian a, race car. Well, Fiat's just a government-sponsored uh, piece of paper that says that this has a value to it. And so the Federal Reserve note is just a piece of paper that says we've assigned a certain value to this piece of paper, and it's only it's not backed by gold or silver. It's just, you can't cash it in. So other than to exchange it for face value, government um, promise. That's all. It's not actual um, backing like the silver and gold standards were. And it then, says right on it, it's a note, and a note is a promise to pay. Right, uh-huh. and you know, you get these funny places talking about legal tender when you're paying some form of bill, and then they say they don't want to accept bonded promissory notes. Well, that is exactly what a Federal Reserve note is. <laughs> it's a note. Uh, notes are notes. <laughs> and they're all very cute. legal tender. But you, you go into places like in Europe now, they have kiosks all over the place selling people gold and silver. They're really? in every kind of public venue. Is that what? Is that from our our, our wonderful foreign friend, our traveler? No, I, well, I've heard this from a lot of different places, not just there. They, they, it's very commonplace now to try to get out into the public the gold and silver. In our country, of course, we have a lot of gold and silver and jewelry, which makes us very rich from that perspective. And here they're trying to steal all that back by saying, "Send it in. We'll just give you some money for that." Well, right, we'll give you we'll give you two dollars for that. Exactly. You know, they're they're undercutting the value there, but in the other countries, they are pushing for people in the citizenry to get back to buying and having gold and silver coins in their coffer. And we need to do more of that in our own coffers because we want to be able to be competitive in the new. Uh, new world as far as how to live without Federal Reserve notes that are going to be all devalued. Anyway, Actually, gonna... probably. I mean, in some ways, they've already been devalued. I, I don't know about what's happening in Dallas, Dave, but I like to buy hydrogen peroxide for a variety of reasons. And uh-huh. a container I paid $1.24 like two, three years ago, I paid seven sixty four. Well, that's definitely a devaluation. Oh, absolutely. There's you know. definitely been a change in price, and uh, in in Dallas here, the uh, food grade hydrogen peroxide quart can be bought for about sixteen fifty. Sixteen. Why buy it the whole thing for a quart? Right. This is this is at a uh, health food store. I've talked to somebody recently in uh, Las Vegas where a very 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 small bottle of it. Uh, Less than, uh, oh, probably half pint or less was uh, $25. Wow. So let me tell everybody, I'll tell my reason why I like hydrogen peroxide. Obviously, there's a more common conversation on hydrogen peroxide that I knew when I mentioned it. It's really good for cleaning up um, cuts and wounds, and I also use it as a mouthwash. I cut it, and and it keeps my gums healthy. Why do you use this, Dave? Uh, I actually put about 10 drops of hydrogen peroxide in a uh, glass of water and drink it a couple times a day. Now, that's giving oxygen. See what he's doing? And I'm actually um, I'm not doing that. I think I'll add that. I'm also doing um, apple well, cider vinegar. We need to understand what kind of peroxide, not just the, the typical over-the-counter like a bottle of rubbing oil. Absolutely. You have, to, you have to use the 35% food-grade hydrogen peroxide. Do not try that with your regular hydrogen peroxide, and do not 
go at it thinking, well, if 10 drops is good, 20 or 30 20 or 40 is better. Is better. Nope. Uh, it doesn't taste real good, but it's got uh, wonderful benefits to it. It totally does, and I went from having gum problems all the time to having none, so you better believe that I appreciate the stuff. So there, once again, you know, I when I was a kid, I was taught different things than kids are taught right now. I was taught, and I really have never seen a parent teach their child that you should brush your hair a hundred times a day. Have you? Did they do that in your family? I remember hearing that years and years and okay, years. Okay, do you brush your hair over a hundred times in a day? Not anymore. <laughs> well, let me tell you, if you did, you'd notice something. Yeah, <laughs> my cat said my dog were brush, depressed about something. No. <laughs> and, huh? Does the comb work as good as a brush? Yeah, you know what? I think you should start. On, I think we should start brushing Steve's antennas. I found out from the Kundalini Sikhs that that hair is considered like antennas, and that when you brush your hair a lot, that it actually brings up your electromagnetic charge, so that you have more energy in your perkier. What happens? Doesn't cost anything. Old. Huh? What happens to those poor bald people that they lost their antennas? Well, you know, the thing is that I think that if they stimulated their scalps, it would still be better for them. And by the way, you know, I'm not one of these people that's against putting in plugs or anything like that. I've seen a number of guys put in plugs, and they look terrific. Oh, my God. What an interesting way to end the show. Uh, (laughs) Hey, we've been on the air with Dr. Debbie Ringchop. Dave Mack, Dr. Val, and we've had a great time with you, and I, we hope we've stimulated you and gotten your going, self going here. You can go to americacanbefree.com to for, find out more about Tim's stuff. You can, uh, you can do a lot of cool things, actually. We want to thank the people at the radio station, uh, Mike, our announcer today, uh, Jeff Gerstel, and uh, thank you to the team at Voice America and to Ben Meigen, who's writing our theme music, Almost Ordinary People. Next week, invite a friend to listen, and remember, be alive and be awake. And if you want to, go to the sign-up at Yahoo for the UCC Redemption at yahoogroups.com. I think you'll find it a very interesting conversation. Once again, that's UCC Redemption at yahoogroups.com, and check it out. And thanks so much for listening. This is for you, this is for you and me And who we see when we see each other This is for all, this is for all the time You tried to find your sister or your brother Thank you for joining us today for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. Waking Up in America can be heard live every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time on voiceamerica.com, and Valerie welcomes all emails at heavenincorporated.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program, brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 